0: You know the Lord is telling us right now something. He woke me up with this this morning. A phrase, and he said, "I want my children to be using their keys. Use your keys. Use your keys. What are the keys? It's your authority. What Jesus gave to you is the keys of the kingdom. That's your authority." Jesus also said, my kingdom suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. What does that mean? It means I'm going after it, Lord. I'm going after your kingdom. I'm going to bring it. I'm going to bring it. I'm going to bring it. Come on. It's time for his children to bring it. We're not just going to be sitting around talking about the word. We're going to live the word. We're going to live his word. We are like the first century people. We are like the people of the book of Acts. The Lord is saying, my church, my church. Children are going to arise and we're going to use the keys of the kingdom Matthew sixteen nineteen. see because when we have true revelation of who Jesus is in our lives we'll use the keys of the kingdom the true revelation of who Jesus is the son of God the one who died for our sins that we may have eternal life the one who has given us his power and his authority Matthew 16:19 says this and this is Jesus speaking I will give you the keys authority of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind forbid declare to be improper and unlawful on earth whatever you bind on earth will have already been bound in heaven and whatever you loose permit declare lawful on earth will have already been loosed in heaven the lord is saying get out your keys saying well we're in all these battles we're in this get out your keys get out your keys get out your keys says jesus Matthew 18, verse 18. This is Jesus. Just two chapters later in the book of Matthew, in a different context, he says the same thing. He repeats himself. Verse 18 of Matthew 18. I assure you and most solemnly say to you whatever you bind on earth shall have already been bound in heaven come on are you doing that and whatever you loose permit declare lawful on earth shall have already been loosed in heaven again i say to you that if two believers on earth agree they are in one mind they are in harmony about anything that they ask within the will of their father it will be done for them by my father in heaven but we've got to ask come on people we've got to use our keys for where two or three are gathered in my name meeting together as my followers i am there among them come on some of us are not using the keys We're not using the keys that Jesus gave. He gave us authority. 1 John 5, 14 says this. This is the confidence which we have before him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears and listens to us in whatever we ask, we know that we have he has granted to us the request which we have asked from him. He has granted to us the request which we have asked of him. Use your keys. The keys of the kingdom means the authority that Jesus gave to you. Authority in scripture in the Greek is exousia. That's what Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You're going to get dunamis, power, and exousia, authority. What is authority? What is authority? It is the power of right and privilege. It's the ability or strength which one is endued with. You are endued with authority that's his ability that's his force that's his capacity that's God's capacity that's God's competency you have authority that's the keys to the kingdom he has given to you jurisdiction with the concept of jurisdiction with exousia, with authority. It means you have regal authority. You carry a crown in your jurisdiction. Do you have the revelation that you are endued? You are endowed with his authority because of your spiritual birth. You are no longer the old thing anymore. Some of you are using the old keys to try to solve your today problems. Get rid of the old keys. Get rid of the flesh keys. Get rid of the world keys. Get rid of the world's mindset regarding how you do it and take out the The keys of authority that he gave you. Get rid of those old keys. Get rid, come on, I'm tired of people talking about it. I want them to walk in it. When the storm comes, get out your keys. Get out your keys. Get out, you say, I'm in a storm. Get out your keys. The authority that he has given to you. He has given to you authority. We're not going to be over in the corner crying in a fetal position. We are people of the crown with jurisdiction. We have his authority. There needs to be revelation. The revelation of that. Walk in that revelation. A lot of times in church or church services or you listen online or you're listening to somebody's podcast and you're all yeah I have it but when it comes down to it when the storm is there are you walking in it are you walking in it are you walking in it do your children see how mama walks in it how grandpa walks in it how auntie uncle walk in it how youth pastor walks in it how we walk in it how co-worker walks in it come on people get out your keys get out your keys get out your keys ephesians chapter one paul the apostle to the first century church who's expanding the kingdom of god in a place that had never had it before in a worldly place Ephesus was a place where there was false gods, the goddess of Diana, Artemis, high and lifted up these principalities and powers. And Paul writes to the Christians, telling them, you have authority, you have power. Ephesians 1, 18 and 19 says this. And this is what I declare over you right now. I declare over you. Some of you are walking like you don't have authority. You have the most authority in your dominion. There is nothing else that has more authority than you do. Because you have the exousia authority. You have his authority. He's endowed you with his authority. This is what it says, Ephesians 1, 18 and 19, and I pray that the eyes of your heart right now, Lord, rip off those scales, those world scales, those deceived scales, those lies. See, the enemy has tried to cloud your eyesight, your spiritual eyesight with his lies, that you're not good enough, that you're not powerful. Whatever he wants to tell you that you need to do it the world's way, we, we tear off the scales off your eyes. I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being may be enlightened, flooded with light by his Holy Spirit right now. Tear off the scales so that you will know and cherish the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and so that you will begin to know what the immeasurable, come on, the immeasurable, that you'll begin to know. Scripture, no means not just knowledge, not something you just read and go, oh, that's nice. I wish I could have that. No, know means I experience it. I experience it that you would know what the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power. don't you be deceived walk in that power walk in that authority right now in your circumstance in your storm
1: in your battle over this season we walk in the authority come on even don't see you working Come on when I don't feel you working never stop never stop right now. Right now, Holy Spirit. Stop working, we take out our keys. Come on. Even when I don't feel that you're working. Never stop, never stop working. Yes, Lord. Never stop, never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Yes, Even Lord. when I don't feel that you're working. Never stop, never stop working.
0: Okay, this is the thing, I don't know what color your hair is, whoever's listening right now, mine's brown. It's kind of dyed, but it's the dye, the natural color, maybe brown and gray at this point. But the truth is this, I was endowed with this hair color. It's in my DNA, that's why I have this hair color. And I can't change it, I can change it on the surface, but it's fake, because ultimately, If I don't have it died or whatever, it's going to come up in the way that I was given in my DNA, in my endowment. The fact is this. When you are spiritually born into the sonship and daughtership of christ you are born into his dunamis power you are born into his authority you walk with that you walk with it that's what jesus is telling you you walk with those keys of king inside of you you walk just wait just one minute let me get out my keys here let me get out my keys you walk with those keys. They may be in your pocket, but you walk with those keys. They're on you. They're on you. But some of you, I don't know, some of us can lose our keys pretty fast. Come on, get that selector out. What do you call those selectors where you can just say, somebody call my, my phone so that my keys can be found? Somebody call my, what do they call it? That little thing that they put on your keys? It's a tile. Remember those tiles? I don't know some of you that lose your keys, you put on a tile. Well, let me tell you, we're activating that tile. You're going to find your keys today. You're going to find those keys today and you're going to use them. You're going to use them. You're going to use those keys today. You're going to start using your keys. Get rid of that old thing. Get rid of that stinking thinking. Get rid of that doubt and fear. Get rid of that sense of victimization. I can't help it. These circumstances are too big. Get rid of the spirit of I'm overwhelmed. I'm so tired of hearing about believers overwhelmed. The fact is this. You and your flesh. You're overwhelmed. But with his keys. With his authority. With his power. He's not overwhelmed. And he lives in you. He's with you. We break off the lie of overwhelmed. We break off the deception that you're not going to be victorious. We break off the deception that we're powerless. Lord, you are powerful right right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. We break it
1: off. Lord, open
0: To go into
1: King Jesus, you're the name we're lifting high. Come on, Jesus is here. Come on, He's here.
0: He's here in power. by force the kingdom suffers violent but the violent take it by force in other words we go after it you need to go after it you know what I call it in my house the Holy Spirit hustle come on we got to get the Holy Spirit hustle we got to get hustling not oh you know come on you got to get the Holy Spirit hustle on you you're like, I'm so weak, Pastor Lynn. I'm so tired. I'm so overwhelmed. You know what? You have his keys. You have his keys. When you're talking like that, that's all. No, what it just reveals? That the eyes of your heart are blinded. That's what it reveals, that you have allowed the world, the deception, the enemy to blind the eyes of your heart. Because according to Ephesians, I'm going after this today. Because there is such a lie out there. And I and I am taught. We have his keys. See, this is what Paul says. That the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. Why? So that you will begin to know the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his actions spiritual power that's in you. That's in you. Come on. It's in you. Because all God has the power like it's far up there, Lord, drip me down a drop of it. Come on, it's in you. All of His power is in you. His authority is in you, and you walk in it. You walk in it. You walk in it. You walk in it. Walk in it. Wherever He takes you, whatever you go through, whatever storm you go through, you walk in His
1: authority and power. Heaven come down. Come on, Jesus. More
0: of you, Lord, right now. Change the thoughts. Transform the thinking right now, Lord. Transform the thoughts right now transform it Lord transform the mind what the enemy wants people to do is not walk in their authority and power he can't take it from them he can't steal it from them but surely he can try to convince them not to take out the keys that's what he's trying to do is convince you to not take out the keys you got the keys it unlocks the kingdom it unlocks his ways Pray, battle in the heavenlies. It is yours. Victory is yours. Authority is yours. Lord, right now, Father, over your children. Lord, I say an increase for those who are walking with the keys and are using them. I say increase over them. There's more, Lord. There's more. Some of them are coasting a little bit. They need to be amping it up because you want your children to go for it. You want your children to go for it. You want that Holy Spirit hustle on us. It's like, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do about this? What do you want me to do? I'm going to hustle. I'm going to go for it. I'm not going to sit back and wait and cry in the corner. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to put on my battle gear. I'm going to have the sword of the Spirit. I'm going to have the helmet of salvation. And I'm going to go for it because I have... Your authority, I have your power. I'm not gonna give in to the enemy script, I'm not gonna give in to the world script, I'm not gonna give in to the report of the world. I'm gonna listen to you. What did you say about it? What did you tell me to do about it? Lord, I will have that Holy Spirit hustle on my life, I'm gonna go for it because the eyes of my heart are on you, the eyes of my heart are on you and I have the revelation of the unsurpassing power and greatness of the power of God that lives and dwells in me Lord right now we give up to you we say bleed me tear away Lord the flesh tear away the scales The scales on the heart right now. Tear away the scales, Lord. Tear away. We've come. I'm going to tell you, church. I'm telling you, church, wherever you're located, whether you're in the U.S. or India or Nepal or Sri Lanka or Europe, wherever you're located, this is a new season over the church. It's a new season for the church to write. We're not going, but some of you that think you're we're going to go back to the way it was too, it's not going to happen, nor does the Spirit of God want it to. He's saying, you know what? The church has left the building. The church has gotten out of their lazy chair. We're going to go to battle. We're going to go to battle. We're going to walk. Authority! We're going to take back what the enemy has stolen. We're going to destroy the works of the devil. Come on. It's time. It's time for us. TO USE THOSE KEYS, TO USE THOSE KEYS. WE'RE ADVANCING. WHEN THE WORLD TELLS US NOT TO ADVANCE, WHEN SITUATIONS TELL US NOT TO ADVANCE, WE WILL ADVANCE. WE'RE ADVANCING. AND AS WE ADVANCE, WE GROW IN AUTHORITY. AS WE ADVANCE, OUR FAITH IS MAGNIFIED. WE WILL ADVANCE. BECAUSE JESUS, KING JESUS, because of King Jesus because of you Jesus not because of us because of you Lord break out Lord as this song says break down our walls break down our walls tear off Lord the scales break down our resistance break off our excuses break off the way that we think lord and may we have the mind of christ to instruct us how to use the keys of your kingdom how to be in agreement with heaven how to be in agreement in heaven lord to bind and to loose on this earth father in your name lord jesus in your name lord jesus and we thank you, Father, for your word, Lord. We thank you that your word is true, that your word is living, that your word is active. And Lord, may we not be just a hearer only, but may we be a doer of your word in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Come on. That was, that was breakthrough moment, people. I don't know if you noticed that. But we're doing a lot of tearing down. And I pray over you that you have received the word and tore off those scales. There's greater levels of authority and power to walk in this week, today. This week. Today even. Greater levels. And the Lord's going to be with you. You're going to see his victory. You're going to see his glory. Because he's going to show you. His glory, His victory. Amen? Amen. Well, welcome to Crossroads. We have a lot going on. You know what? We're growing and expanding. We're not shriveling up. We're growing and expanding. The Lord is calling us forth in greater levels of faith and new areas for Him. I want you to make sure that you get our e-newsletter, our Friday e-newsletter. There's a lot of information in it. And it's important for you to get it. And sometimes I know you scan through it, but you need to check for new information as you get that. We have a lot of things that tell us information. One of the things is this. We have lots of types of small groups that go on. Small groups is a way that we're gathering. Just as I read to you scripture in Matthew 18, 18 about us uh, praying together asking two or three gathering in his name. Listen, that's what we're doing. We're doing what Jesus has asked us to do. Now you need to be doing that. Don't be a solitude Christian. Don't be an isolated Christian. Even don't have your family isolated unto itself. You need one another. So through our small groups, and we have a variety of small groups, there's ways for you to get connected. So I want you to Check that out and get connected to the leaders there, and they're going to help you know where to go and what the dynamics of that group is. We just had a new uh, life group, small group happening. It was Manpower. We just started this. This is for our younger, not super young, but kind of What's younger? When you get older, younger is it's like forties, right? <laughs> it's <laughs> that's what happens. So it's th- you know late twenties, thirties, 40, early forties, those types of things. Um, but our male population, we had that on Thursday. This last Thursday was a very powerful time. Pastor David and Randy are men's ministries people who fall outside of the young category, by the way, but because they are the canopy of authority along with Brian Bristol who is leading this. They said it was very powerful time. We're going to be doing that every Thursday, first Thursday of the month. First Thursday of the month. So those of you that fall into that category, please look into attending that first Thursday of every month. There is information in the e-newsletter about that. Pastor David is sending out the daily devotional. Now, I'm telling you, I proofread those things every morning. And they are powerful teaching in god's word he is giving you power-packed teaching so you should be growing and becoming stronger there's also filled to the brim as you know and i'm telling you i hear from all over people that listen to that now let me ask a request of those of you that do listen And many of you that are from Crossroads, I email it to you, but that got maxed out. But those of you that even get it via email, if you could follow me on the YouTube, my YouTube channel, just follow me. What will happen is if I get more than 100 followers, my URL address can change to be easier easier determined. It can be more... um, customized. So the fact is this, if you could just do that for me, I'm still going to, those of you that committed, you know, the first adapters, those of you that committed right away, you're still going to get that personal email sent to you. But if you or anybody else that's listening, if you could just go ahead and follow me, that will help other people find filled to the Brim. Okay, so we're not doing it necessarily for ourselves, but we're doing it for other people to be able to find the filled to the Brim YouTube word for the day. So I'm asking that of you and to help me out with that. Our podcast, our sermon podcast are online. You can find the links in our e-newsletter. You know we are doing some raising money for our video equipment we know from now going forward probably into perpetuity that we will continue to live stream and have video for services so this is the thing we need to improve our video code. we need this is not a want this is a need Right now, everything, you're not here, but it's very makeshift. It would be very difficult to have people in here with the way that our video equipment is set up. So we have to do it differently. When we will begin to have in-house services, when we're released to do so, we need to have that video equipment already purchased and installed. So we have about a third of it uh, raised, a third of the money raised. We need a little less than $10,000 left to raise, please consider, let the Holy Spirit prompt your heart. If the Holy Spirit prompts your heart, don't delay. Some of us tend to go, well, I'm going to wait to see. I'll push it over when you get to a certain amount. You know what? That takes less faith. I'll be honest with you. It's not like the little, the little boy, I'm just going get, to get real with you. The little boy with the two fish and five loaves, he didn't say, you know what? Let's see who else got stuff here. No, he gave what he had right away so come on let's let's give in faith not wait to say i'll push it over so i know that my money won't no let's give in faith not in sight okay so that's something that's needed we've raised a third of it like i said but we need some more to complete that pastor david and i in our e-newsletter have uh let you know about the massive change in the irs charitable giving deduction guidelines for 220 it's just for 220. I want you to read that that's in the e-newsletter it will help you you know what i have found that this is a very little known fact going on there's very few people know that this is actually out there because you know why because we have all these other things emphasized in our culture right now we got all these storms and the problems and the negativity and you know all this other junk out there and here we have a gift to the church to help advance the gospel. Come on, let's take advantage of it. Pastor David and I have already done so this year. So we've already set the tone, huh, Pastor David? We've already given a substantial gift to help build the Makai home for the uh, unwed mothers and children. So I want you to know, we just don't talk it, we walk it. We walk it because we know that from leadership flows the anointing. So we have to Walk the walk, not just talk it. Okay, the missionary of the week is Pradeep and Jyoti Light Life Freedom. This is the ministry that we partner with. They watch generally on our live stream. Hi, Pradeep and Jyoti and kids. We love you so much. And Giovanni too. And we want you to know that um, this ministry rescues children from human trafficking in New Delhi. And our house, this house Crossroads, supports this home and we support these children so that they have a good place to live food education and care we just raised money to purchase them a van and that money obviously we're holding it until they can do it because of the coronavirus over in india but it's ready to go so that they can get a van for those kids to take them where they need to go so god is doing great things the last thing i want to say is i do want to tell you about the makai house The Mackay House name actually is strongly connected with this house, Crossroads. A few years ago, we had a couple on staff, Bridget and John Ballasty, and they had a baby that passed away at birth when Bridget gave birth to this little boy. And um, Pastor David and I were with them, actually, even in the birthing room. When she gave birth to this little boy, he had passed away. And the Lord really spoke to my heart because the name of the middle name of their little boy was named Makai, which means who is like God. Makai means who is like God. And I love that, how the Lord stamps his image, you know, on every precious child. And so at the same time, Women of the World was partnering with Jan Pragati Ministries, uh, Reverend... Nitin Sam, who had started a home, Makai House, well, it was a safe house, and they were just starting to develop a home. It was one of the first, well, in northern India, the first of its kind. And the story, if you want to read more closely the story of that, you can read it in our e-newsletter. But at the same time, this is all happening at the same time. I said, Lord, it can't be a coincidence that I believe that Bridget and John's little boy's life was not in vain But it was meant to bring life to others. Okay. This is connected very, very strongly to this house. We are a life-giving house. And so over the years, they established this home. They've been renting this home. and, And in the last few months, they have had the opportunity to purchase this home at a very, very, very inexpensive price. Very inexpensive price. I've been to the home. It's a beautiful facility in a very nice area, a safe area for these mothers and their babies. And the Lord has laid upon my heart to help our Indian brothers and sisters who sacrificially serve in this ministry. These are educated, young, many of them very young Indian brothers and sisters who have foregone Working in fields where they can make a lot of money to do work in the slums and amongst the high risk, especially women and children. And I am asking us and our friends, they don't have to belong to Crossroads, but if they, you believe in the sanctity of life and you're into, you know, preventing abortions, in this case, forced abortions, okay. You know, we have a lot of resources here in the U.S., but there, in northern India, none. Okay? Forced abortion. Shall we partner with life? I believe it is going to be a stronghold of, the, of Jesus Christ in northern India for life. Now, I can go into why I believe that, but I know that the death spirit over children and over women and over babies, especially female babies, has permeated over that land for years, hundreds of years, due to some belief systems. And I believe and you say, this is the worst time, Pastor Lynn, for you to try to raise money. Don't you think I know that? I know that. I have my doctorate for a reason, I think. I know that. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, do it. (laughs) Do it. So you know what? I am doing it. Right here in the midst of everything else, I'm saying, you know what? Somewhere, someplace, the Lord has provision because there is something powerful that's going to happen in North India as a result of this home. He is going to save lives, save lives of the little Moseses. Remember Moses life was saved. In the book of Exodus, Jesus' life was saved. Joseph and Mary took him to Egypt. Come on. The Lord saves lives for the purpose of bringing his kingdom there. Why? To bring his kingdom. So I want to challenge you to give a gift to this. Makai home. Some of you, you know what? Pardon me? of it goes to them. 100%. You know, unlike other organizations, big organizations, we don't have administrative costs. I don't, there's nothing. If there is any sort of cost even in PayPal and all that, my organization eats it so that the 100% goes to the, the people. Okay? So this is the thing. I want you... See, you know what? The Lord is calling us to put our money where our mouth is. And I know he's going to bless you. I have no doubt. Actually, the Lord's already blessing me. And I I thought, you know what, Lord? Even if you don't, it doesn't matter. But the Lord's already, I'm pouring it out, pouring it out, pouring out. I can tell you, I have two testimonies just this week. The Lord, actually three, that the Lord has already done. And I know it's had to do with a big sacrificial gift. This is above and beyond your tithes. Sorry, I just lost my earring here. This is above and beyond your tithes, okay? It's above and beyond your commitment to other things that you have made in your offerings. Not, oh, I'm not going to give the light, light for you, or I'm not going to give the house. No, if you've made a commitment, you've fulfilled that. This is above and beyond. You're like, saying, well, Pastor Lynn, you're asking me to really sacrifice. You know what? The, you got it exactly, exactly, okay? So, you know what? And, and you know what? I'm going to believe God with you. There's going to be testimony that's going to come from that sacrificial gift. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Lord, we thank you that we can't outgive you. We thank you that you're on the move. We thank you that your authority and power dwells in us. We thank you, Lord, that you have made us to be water walkers as long as we keep our eyes fixed on you. So, Lord, that's what we're doing. Even in these challenging times, even in the challenging times over nonprofit organizations such as churches, Lord, we keep our eyes fixed on you. Lord, we will do what you say, Father, and we're going to believe you, Father, for your glory to be manifested through our obedience to your word. We thank you in your name. God bless you. Worship team, come on. No, Pastor David, come on.
2: Worship team, you've already done a good job. So thank you. Hey, I want to encourage you. Uh we've had a lot of people saying, Hey, when are you guys gonna to meet together? And we're going to do that as soon as we get uh, inside, as soon as we get permission from the uh, county. Between now and then, we have a couple opportunities. Next Sunday evening, we have our, uh, once again, we're having our worship proclamation. They'll be meeting uh, Sunday evening uh, outside in the courtyard here. You can park along Wright Avenue uh, or in any of the spots over here on the side. They'll be open, and uh, we'll be able to gather together. And then starting on September 6th, we're going to be meeting at 8.30 in the morning, uh, we can only have, at this point in time, I believe 40 people can gather, so we're going to have to do a uh, kind of a lottery for that, and if you're going to plan on coming, if you could email us and let us know, uh, that would be great, but we'll be starting outdoor services at 8.30 on September 6th, which is a Labor Day weekend, and then we will continue to live stream indefinitely at a 10.30 rather than 10 o'clock, Okay. I want to just say something before I begin to speak because um, I want to say two things really quick. One is, I thought it was interesting, my wife stole a bunch of my scriptures already. Uh, we don't share our messages uh, before we preach them to, to you. Uh, and she was quoting Ephesians, I have a portion of Ephesians, and she was quoting about authority and dominion and all of that. And the second thing is about why are we talking about finances now? Let me tell you, you can reduce your income, your taxable income, and instead of giving that money to the IRS, you could give it to the kingdom of God. And so don't complain in uh, tax season when you have a huge tax bill because you haven't given. Yeah. So just right there, just don't, don't ask me to pray for you to pay, pray, pay for your taxes. You have an opportunity right now to lower your taxable income. Do it. And you only have between now and December. And we're trying to purchase this home for the Mackay House uh, in a very, very short window. Uh, so uh, if the Lord's speaking to you, do it. Trust me, we have given a very substantial amount, and it's because we are putting our money where our, our mouth is. We're not just telling you to do it, we're doing it. And so I just want to say that. Hey, I want to get into God's Word now, and we are looking at the different names of God. And this morning, I want to talk to you about a name of God that's only found in the book of Daniel. It's really interesting. Uh, uh, if you're old enough, if you've been around the church at all, you remember an old musician by the name of Ron Canoli out of San Jose. Ron Canoli did a song called Ancient of Days, and that's the name that we want to look at from uh, Scripture this morning. And I, I like, I, the reason we're giving you the different names of God is because we're trying to give you the perspective of who God is from His Word. And so if you understand the, who God is from His Word, you'll understand how He relates to you and how He relates to others. So one of the quality, qualities of God is that he is an eternal God. He was before time. He's, after, he's going to be there after time. And that doesn't change at all. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And one of the interesting aspects of the name, uh, the Ancient of Days, actually it's an Aramaic, a teak yoam is the, the name that's used in the Old Testament for him. In Daniel, Daniel is, is using this name in the midst of a prophetic message that he's received. So what Daniel is doing is he's prophesying, he's speaking forth something uh, that is about to happen, and it may be like with prophecy, I always like to describe, uh, especially Old Testament prophecy, it's like looking at a mountain range and just seeing the top of the hills, you don't see the valleys and the, the rises and falls of the, the land. You just see the high points. And, and so, what the prophet is doing is he's prophesying those things and he's making reference to things that are about to happen. So, I'm going to look at it because scripture tells us in Genesis 1:1, in the beginning was God. It makes that basic assumption that God was before everything happens. I just taught a class up in Redding, California for Jacob and Tatum Green, missionaries we support. It was actually a live class. It was so good to get out and, and, uh, and teach again. But I taught the class on the principles of uh, the, the foundational basis of the book of Genesis. And in that class, I taught them the characteristics of God that we see. And one of the characteristics we see from God is that he was before the separation of light and darkness, yet God still was able to see through the darkness, because He was the creator God. He was the God that spoke it, the power of the spoken word that God had. And as, as we look at this name, the Ancient of Days, I want to look at a couple of things this morning with you. First of all, the, because the Ancient of Days existed before time began, He has a completely different perspective of everything you and I are going through. He doesn't need CNN or Fox or BBC or ABC or NBC or blah, blah, blah station, whatever it is, he has a perspective that is accurate and true. It's not tainted. It's not distorted. It's not tweaked to fit a person's agenda. It, it follows through in his plan. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans the Lord has for you. Well, you see, God has a plan for us, and if we know who he is, we're in alignment with him. We're in agreement with him, and we walk in the authority that he has for us. So let's look at these three uh, uh, passages of Scripture that we see from the book of Daniel. The first reference is, uh, they're in Daniel chapter 7. The Ancient of Days is one who grants authority and has given executive judgment over all things. Do you know that God is the one that is all authority? I hate to tell you, I'm sorry to disappoint our governors and our, our state representatives and our senators and congressmen and our mayors and our presidents and our prime ministers. You are not the ultimate authority of your country. I hate to tell you that. You may think you are, you may act like you are, but guess what? There's news coming. You are not the ultimate authority. There is one who rules and reigns in heaven, and he has absolute authority. Scripture says that he places leaders into position. And just like they could be placed into position, he could place them out of position in a moment. So when we look at Scripture, one of the things that is interesting, in the book of Daniel in chapter 7, verse 9, it tells us of the authority and the executive power to make judgment God has. Look what it says in Daniel 7, 9. As I looked, see, he's having a prophetic dream. He says, Thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Day took his seat. You see, while thrones were being established, God was already over them. And as he's setting things into motion, Scripture says he he took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow. Now, those of us in the California area, the only time we really see snow is up on Mount Hamilton or we go up to Tahoe. But, you know, in, in Scripture, snow represents coming down from heaven, and it says, and his hair on his head was white like wool, not like my hair, not like Pastor Lynn's hair, the brown gray that's there, okay? I should know because I'm her her hair color, and she knows me because she buys the razors that I shave my head, but it was white as wool, and his throne, I love this, was flaming with fire, and there were wheels that were ablaze, so he was on a a mobile throne room that was just engulfed by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And you see, the this, this supreme authority that we see in Scripture is declared here as being one who set things up before time. You know, if you were going to a Jewish synagogue yesterday, you would hear them say the Shema, the passage in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse 4. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. He is one. He is sovereign. He is over all things. And one of the things that he does, he rules and reigns all things. We know that because uh, the psalmist tells us, and I love this, in Psalm 57, verse 11. He says, be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be all over over the earth. You know, some of our, our contemporary songs are actually based on Scripture, and this is one of them. That we worship God because before time began, he was. And when time ends, he will still be. And he's not changed one iota. He's not like, you know, we we have elections coming up and we have people voting and they're campaigning they say one thing and they do something else. God is consistent all the time. He is faithful to his word. His word never changes. And as followers of him, we have to be consistent as well to be faithful to him. You know, Moses, I love Moses because Moses was a, considered one of the greatest leaders, but also he had the opportunity. Could you imagine going to the burning bush? You know, could you imagine seeing the awesome presence of God come down and engulf you in such a way? Moses said this about the Lord in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 39. Acknowledged and take to heart this day that the Lord is God in heaven, above and on the earth below, there is no other. You see, Moses had that face to face encounter with God. Actually, he had a face to backside encounter with God because he hadn't seen the face of God. He just saw he was in the cleft of the rock and saw the Lord go by. But it's interesting, when I was reading and studying for this message, I went back into the original language, and in the Hebrew, the the wording that he uses here in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 4, verse 39, is an amazing verse. Listen to what it says literally in the Hebrew. Well, I'll translate it because I don't speak Hebrew, and you may not understand Hebrew. But the transliteration into English is this. Yahweh is God, and therefore know in your heart that there is no other God beneath the earth. Or above in the heavens so what he's basically saying he's taking a bookend or a, a, a scale from the lowest depths to the highest highest heights there is no other God but our God right, right. and if you have that perspective of the ancient of days one of the things it does it affects your understanding of him you know the prophetic books of scripture declare who God is over and over and Isaiah the prophet Isaiah mentions three different places in, the, in his book about the importance of who the Ancient of Days is. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 44, verse 8, it says, Do not tremble, do not be afraid. That's a good word for us right now, because we have a lot of people that are afraid and, and trembling. You know, I went to the store, and I, every time I go to the store, I wear my little mask, not this one. I have one in my car, one in my truck, one in my office, one in my, on my bicycle, one in my, my, my little portfolio. I've got masks everywhere. But I went to the store, and I saw a person in the store yesterday, and they were wearing a, an N95 surgical mask. They had a face shield goggle. They had chemistry glasses. They had long gloves up their arms, and they had on the outside of those long gloves, they had plastic, uh, like a surgical gloves. And I thought to myself, this poor person is just immobilized by fear. And then I was listening to a radio station, and a, I, I got into my vehicle, and I turned the station on, and, and this person was talking everything that they do before they leave their house and before they come back into their house. And I'm not picking on people that have immune disease, uh, diseases or issues, but this is a person who is just a normal person. They had a basin of bleach water in their, in their house by the garage door. They bleached their hands and washed their hands before they grabbed the doorknob. They went out in the garage. They bleached their hands again. They dried off with a towel, threw it in the dryer, put on surgical gloves, put on all their PPP stuff, walked out, got in their car, went home, uh, went out shopping. They used hand sanitizer in the stores. When they came back, they washed their hands before they get in their their home, in the garage, they take off their dirty clothes, throw it in the washing machine, have another set of clothes hanging there, walk through the garage door, wash their hands on the inside. I thought, God Almighty, protect me from that. That is just insanity. I understand there's a a global pandemic, but there is also a Jehovah Rapha. There is also a God who's going to protect his sons and daughters. And take Take precautions. I'm not saying don't do that. But don't get so immobilized by fear that you can't operate, you can't function. You know, if you're that worried, stay at home and, 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 and door dash and, and have deliveries. But don't go out. You know, live. God did not give us a spirit of fear. God does not give you that. That is the spirit of this world, folks. And we're living under oppression right now that people are telling us all these things that we have to be afraid of. Where is your faith? Where's your trust in the Lord God Almighty? And if you understand who he is, he says, that's why Isaiah says, hey, don't tremble. Don't be afraid. Did I not proclaim this and foretold it a long ago? You are my witnesses. Is there any God besides me? No, there is no other rock. Sorry, Dwayne Johnson, you are not the rock. You may call yourself the rock, but there is a rock eternal. There is a a God who has existed before time. There is a God who exists now. And there is a God who is going to exist through eternity. And his name is not the rock. His name is the eternal rock. Look what Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 17. He says, you have forgotten God your Savior. You have not remembered the rock, your fortress. What is a fortress? A fortress is an established compound that protects the inhabitants. God is your rock. There is no other fortress around us. You can trust in money and we could have a a crash in the economy and everything that you have could be gone in an instant. You could trust in your home. You could have a fire. You could have an earthquake. You could have a flood. You could have a repossession. You could have a foreclosure and your home could be gone. You could trust in physical things and those things will wear out. You can trust in spouses, and they could die or leave you. You can trust in people, and they'll disappoint you. But there is a God that you can trust in that will never, ever leave you nor forsake you, is what Scripture says. And he says in this, he says, not only is he your fortress, therefore, though you set out in the finest plants and plant imported vines, he says, part of the, the the vineyard industry is in Scripture, when it's talking about vines, it's talking about life and sustaining you. He will not only be your fortress, but he will be your provision of sustenance. He will be the one that will be there for you. That is why when we look at the, the everlasting God, is that is why we look into the face of Jesus. That is why we look at El Shaddai and all the different names of God that we use for him. We see that he is the God that never changes for us. And Isaiah understood that. And then he said this, Look what he says in Isaiah 26, 4. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord himself, is the rock eternal. You know, there's something interesting when you look at the names of God because... The ancients of days is the name we're looking at. But when you start studying all of the different names of God together, it brings about this crescendo of his character. It brings about this aspect of God that that so many times we overlook. And many times you just read scripture and you read that, but it doesn't mean anything. And you see the word of God declares that God the Father is a triune God. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is a triune God. It represents one person with three characteristics and when you read through the new testament one of the things you see is you see that christ appeared to his disciples after the resurrection listen to what he said in the gospel of matthew chapter 28 verse 18 he says all authority not partial not regional not even citywide authority has been given to us he says that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me so jesus has all authority on heaven and earth And he imparts that to his sons and daughters. So when you and I are in relationship with the Lord, we are actually in relationship with the Ancient of Days because he is the one who maintains all authority. He is the one that maintains all control. The Gospel of John in John chapter 5, verse 22 says that for not even the Father judges everyone, he has given all authority to his Son. So Jesus has been imparted or imputed the authority that God the Father had to judge things, and His sons and daughters of Jesus, we walk in the same authority that he has. Think about that. How does that affect the way you view things? Pastor Lynn already quoted from the book of Ephesians, but it's interesting in the book of Ephesians, chapter one, verse eighteen, Paul writing to a very pagan culture, a very spiritually enhanced culture because of the pollution of the uh, the cult of Aphrodite's, He's, and Diana is another name, Artemis and, and Diana. Excuse me, I got that my pagan gods mixed up. I don't know those as well as I do Jehovah Jehovah Jireh. But he says, "I ask that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened." You see, something happens to you when you're spiritually walking in darkness. Have you ever gotten up in the middle of the night and kind of, you've been at someone else's house and you had to use the restroom and you got up and you start walking around and you start bumping into things? That's the same thing that happens when our spiritual eyes are darkened. We don't walk in the truth of God's word. And as a consequence for that, Paul says to the church in Ephesus in a very pagan culture, very much like our culture, that you may have the hope of his calling, the riches of his glorious inheritance for the saints. When, what is an inheritance, folks? An inheritance is something when you and I die, we live, leave to someone else so they can enjoy the fruits of our labor, right? You work hard your whole life, right, Michael? Work hard with the job you do. You come home with aches and pains. You're living on Advil. You're doing all this stuff as we get older, right? Your knees hurt. Your back hurts. Your eyes hurt. you hurt so much you don't even know what hurts anymore, And then you leave it, and your kids get it, and what do they do? Go buy a new motorcycle. They go buy a new truck. They go on vacation. You may have never had those things, but your inheritance is squandered sometimes, right? Well, God says we don't understand the inheritance we have from him. And not only do we don't understand it, but it's for us. And it says... And the surpassing greatness of his power. Do you know that this is amazing? This is why I'm doing this intense Bible study devotional daily on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because most Christians do not operate in the spiritual power and capacity they should have. And God says, that's a gift I have for you. And it's great power to those of us who believe in accordance with the working of his mighty strength which he extend, extended, or extended in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of God the Father. And in Scripture, when someone is seated at the right hand, it means they have the same authority as the person to their, to their left. They are given that authority. They're seated at the right hand of God the Father. So Jesus has been given All the authority that God the Father has. So when we look at the Ancient of Days, we see that God the Father has given all of that authority to his son Jesus. Jesus gave that same power to the Holy Spirit. And then he fills us with the Holy Spirit. Are you following me on this? The authority God has, he gives to his son. The authority the son has, he gives to the spirit. And when he gives us the Spirit, we have the same authority as the Spirit, the same authority as the Son, and we are given the same authority as the Father. And what God wants us to do is to walk in that authority. And he says, and it's far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, above every name that is named, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. So what the Lord is telling us, as we walk in this relationship with the Ancient of Days, we're given the same authority he has. Look at the second thing in Daniel chapter 7, verse 13. The Ancient of Days, he empowers his son to be worshipped. One of the things that we do when we worship, this is why worship is so crucial for the church. This is why I don't care what anyone tells me, I will worship Jesus. You can put me in jail, you can lock me up, you can beat me, you can abuse me, I will worship the one who is worthy of worship. And it says here in Daniel chapter 7, verse 13, In my vision at night, I looked, and behold, there before me was one like a son of man coming from the clouds in heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence and was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations, not some, all nations. This morning, I know for a fact we have Nepal and India and Sri Lanka watching us because they, they posted something to me. But every single nation, every tribe, every tongue, every nation is going to worship him. How do I know that? Look what it says. And peoples of every language. So whether his name is Jesus Christ or Jesu Christu or whatever name you give him in your mother tongue, that language will worship the Lord God Almighty. And it says his dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. I tell you, there are people who I believe are systematically trying to destroy the kingdom of God. Guess what? It ain't going to happen. I know that's bad English, bad grammar, but I had a horrible high school teacher. And that's what's going to happen to us if we don't get schools going. We'll have horrible people that don't understand English. They, they ain't know what's happening around them, okay? And what we want to do is we want to empower you with the Word of God. God's Word declares that he will be exalted. The Ancient of Days, in this passage is referring to the Father, but he mentions a, 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 a phrase in here which is interesting. He uses the name the Son of Man. And in most other places, when they're talking about the Son of Man in the Old Testament, it's referencing to a person, not necessarily to Jesus. There are some exceptions, and they're they're mostly in the prophetic books. But specifically, in the book of Daniel, every reference to Daniel where he says the Son of Man is a, a prophetic statement proclaiming the coming of the Messiah, because Daniel is having a prophetic dream, and what he's doing in this prophetic dream is declaring something that's going to happen. And he says that the prophetic stance is going to happen. And this is really important, that, that Jesus Christ is the manifestation of God on earth. How do I know that? Because Scripture declares that. The psalmist, David, King David in, in the Psalms, in Psalm 110, verse 1, listen to what he says. You've got to track with it on this. This is good. Now Listen. This is David speaking, Psalm 110, verse 1. He says, the Lord, capitalized, which means the Lord God Almighty, okay, says to my Lord, sit at the right hand until I have made your enemies a footstool for your feet. So you've got to follow me on this. This is really important. In, this, in Psalm 100, there's three different people that are referenced here. First, you have King David, because he's the one that wrote it. Okay, He's the narrator, if you want. The second thing you have is in the original language, the the, the Hebrew word that is used for Lord that's capitalized is the Hebrew word Jehovah, Yahweh. Okay, it's the, it's the name of the overarching name of God that is in control of all things. If you're a Bible study buff, you can get out your Strong's Concordance and you, you read this passage and you'll see that the the capitalized name for Lord is a different uh, concordance number than it is for the second one, where uh, excuse me, the third one, where he says, my Lord. And the my Lord is the word Adonai, okay? And so who is David's Lord in in Psalm 110? Well, if you look into Hebrews chapter 1, which is a Jewish-flavored understanding of the gospel, you see the interpretation of Psalm 100 from a New Testament perspective. So, what we see in the book of Hebrews as you begin in verse one, it says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. So, what the, the writer of Hebrews is saying is, In the prophetic, in the Old Testament, God spoke through the pro- prophets, okay? But then in verse two, but he says, In these latter days, he's spoken to us by his son. Whom he appointed heirs over all things, and through whom all things uh, uh, also he made all things in the universe. Wait, I thought God the Father made all things in the universe. Wasn't he the one that was before time, according to Genesis? Isn't the Ancient of Days the one that spoke it into existence? But the writer of Hebrews is telling us, "Well, you know what? It's Jesus, who was before time began, is the one who created everything." So what David is doing in the Psalms one ten. He's talking, he's basically saying to us, hey, the Lord God Almighty and his son are both in union together, they're connected as one, and they are my Lord. How do I know that? Because look what Hebrews chapter 1 verse 13 says, drop down to the 13th verse in Hebrews chapter 1, to which the angels, or to which of the angels did God say, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? God never said that to the angels, did he? He only said that to one person. This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus Christ, when he sat down at the right hand of God the Father, was given all authority over all things. And not only was he given all authority, we we hear, according to scriptures, that the angelic hosts and you and I will gather around his throne. You know, I always hear, it always amazes me when people say this. Not one person in this room. Should say this because we're all worshipers in here, right? Right? We're all worshipers. Even our sound guy's a worshiper, right? I'm a joyful noiser. My wife's a singer. We've got singers and musicians, right? We all make praise to God. But it always amazes me when people say, I can't believe worship lasted so long. Well, guess what? For tens of thousands of years, you're going to be standing in front of the Lamb who was slain from the foundation of the world. And you're not going to need altoids or you're not going to need hulls or you're not going to get your arms tired from raising them. You're going to be worshiping and worshiping and worshiping. You're going to be worshiping Jesus longer than you do standing in line at, on a Black Friday. You're going to be worshiping the Lord longer than you are when you're actually currently going to the bank. You're going to be worshiping the Lord longer than it is to watch your favorite uh, miniseries or binge-watch something on Netflix. You're going to be worshiping the Lord longer than it is for any sporting event you have. You are going to be worshiping the Lord for eternity, folks, and if you're not into it now, you're never going to get into it to do it later. Pet peeve. Anyway, back to the text. That's the, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. So what we see here is that, that, that he, Jesus, the Son of Man in this passage in Daniel, is actually referring to the, the place that God has given his Son. Not only has is he, is he, is he made Jesus uh, 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 part of the eternal creation of, or part of the eternal authority that has been set up, he's made Jesus one that's going to be empowered to be worshiped. And so when we look at the Ancient of Days, what we're basically saying, we're looking into the face of Jesus, and we're looking into his face, and one of the things that's amazing is when you get to the third reference here in Daniel, it kind of all unpacks itself of what the Ancient of Days purpose is. Look at the book of Daniel, chapter 7, verse 21 through 23, or 22, and he says, and as I watched, this horn was waging war against God's holy people and defeating them until, I love this, you know, until the Ancient of Days came and pronounced judgment in favor of the holy people of the Most High, and the time came when they possessed the kingdom. You know, I'm the youngest of uh, four in my family, and I have a brother that's four years older than me, and one thing about brothers and in family, you can fight in-house, right? But God helped the person that gets between you, and someone outside the family. And I remember, it's, this may be hard for some of you to believe, but I, I was a smart mouth when I was younger. I know that's really hard for you to believe, you know. And I remember once I was down at the playground, and I was talking to someone, and we were playing, playing. I think it was pickup basketball. And this older guy came. He was about two or three years older than me. came and took my basketball. And he was, like, standing in front of me, you know, holding it out like this. And I was a scrawny little kid, you know, the wind would blow and I'd tumble, you know. I was so skinny, you know, and he would, he, those were the days, my friend. I thought they'd never end, you know. But anyway, this guy was like holding me off and like pushing me with one hand and pushing me with one hand, and all of a sudden, I saw my brother walk up behind him. And I said, you either give me that ball right now or you're going to be in big trouble. And I'll never forget this. This is one of the funniest memories I have with my brother Gary. He says to me, what are you going to do about it? And my brother was standing right behind him, and was about four inches taller than him, said, he's not going to do anything, but I'm going to do everything. And the guy dropped the ball and took off running. You know, that's really who our God is. When you look at Daniel, basically, we may be in a war right now, and we may feel like we're being defeated, but guess what? Your big brother's coming. And he's not coming alone. He's coming with tens of thousands of his angels. He's coming with the authority that is given to him by Scripture. And he says, and he's come, and he's going to pronounce judgment in favor of the holy people. Now, that's a, that's a fascinating word. The word that's used here in favor, favor, it's used 12 times in the book of Daniel. It's only used in the book of Daniel. This specific word in the, in the original language is only found in the book of Daniel. It's the word yakel, the Hebrew word yakel, and it basically has a root meaning to overpower on behalf of someone. So, what the Word of God is declaring to you and I is that He is coming and He's going to overcome, and not just overcome, but He's not just going to—it's—it's—it's it's, it's not going to be like uh, just a little overcoming. It's going to be like shock and awe. It's going to be a perpetual beating until there's nothing left to beat. It's going to be so strong, the response is going to be so overwhelming that it's going to decimate our enemy. And then he goes on and he says this, look as you continue to read, and he's doing that for who? The holy people of the Most High. And then he says this, and this is what is really amazing. He says, and then, and the time came, they did what? Pastor Lynn, you stole my notes this morning. They're going to do what? They're going to possess the kingdom. Now, the wording here that he uses is also pretty amazing. It's the word shasan, and it talks about It's only used four times in the Scripture, all four times in the book of Daniel. And he says this, is going to be, it's, it, it has with it the connotation of occupying something that already belongs to you. So what he's saying, God is telling us as his children that we have the kingdom, and it's not just his kingdom, it's our kingdom Why? Because you're a son and daughter of the Most High God. This means that He is giving us His kingdom. The Ancient of Days has come so that we can have position in right relationship with Him so we can have authority over things this way. So we're in relationship vertically with God, but we also have authority on things in the horizontal. How do I know that? Look what the Gospel says. Matthew chapter 24, verse 40 says this. Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. Then all the people of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with power and great glory. Why are people going to be bummed out when they see Jesus coming again? You ever thought about that? Oops, I was wrong. That name I use in vain every day, that name I use as an expletive, is actually going to come and X me out because I'm not in relationship with him. There's going to be, and we realize this because Scripture tells us, as you read through uh, Scripture, I've read the back of the book. I understand what it says. The book of Revelation declares in chapter 11, verse 15, he says, and when the seventh angel sounded his trumpet, that's how I know we should have loud worship. We should have a, I I pray that we have a a sax and a trumpet and and all this noise-making things, you know, that we can declare the goodness of our God in the land of the living. And it says, and there were loud voices in heaven, Some of you in worship, you just need to turn your hearing aid off. You know, I remember my mother, she'd go to church and the first thing she'd do, she'd walk in the door, say hello, say hello, come over, sit down and then do this. Just turn her hearing aid down. Sometimes you just take them out, you know. And it says not only that, it says, and then it says, and the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah and he will reign forever and ever. So let me let me put this into perspective. If you and I are serving the Ancient of Days, and the Ancient of Days has put his son Jesus Christ at his right hand, and he is Jesus has empowered the church with the power of the Holy Spirit, we are in succession in order in lineage with the Most High God, with the Holy Spirit, with God the Son, and with God the Father. And the authority, that's why he says, I want you to take my kingdom and proclaim it everywhere. Because you have the authority of the kingdom of God on your side. You have the Word of God backing you up to say, I'm going to allow heaven to come down here. I'm going to be a person that goes in and influences the areas that I'm in, in relationship with. When you go to work, what do you do? You don't just get pushed around. You become an influencer. You become the one that is not just a a thermometer. You actually become the thermostat. You set the spiritual standard. People say, well, you don't understand my work environment. Oh, yeah, I do. I used to work in a hospital that one of the guys was a demon worshiper. He had 666 tattooed on his forehead. And I'd go into his area that he worked, and I would just pray in the spirit over it. I remember once I went in, I, was, I, I don't know if you remember this, Lynn, but I, I would go to work at 6 o'clock in the morning, and one morning I got up really early, I left at 4 o'clock in the morning, and I was at the hospital, and I was walking around the outside of the building with oil. I had a little vial of anointing oil, and I was walking around, and I, was pray, I prayed, laying my hands on all the windows, the top, the bottom, and the two sides, not realizing the security team had cameras on that building. And all of a sudden, these two big security guys come out, and they're like, excuse me, sir, what are you doing? I said, oh, I work here. I work in this department. And they're like, show me some idea. I said, well, I'm a temporary worker. And I said, told them, and I said, actually, what I'm doing here, I'm praying over the building. And they're like, you're doing what? I said, I'm praying over the building. And they said, oh, okay. And all right. And what's your name? They took my name, took my driver's license number down, made a few calls. It's okay. It's all cool. You work here. But I walked around that building, and I anointed every door frame in the symbol of the cross. And it was amazing. This young guy, within about a week or so, stopped using the profanities that he was expletiving all day long to all the people in the office. And I remember my boss, who, who was a, a believer, kind of not very solid guy in the faith, but he, he was a young believer. He said, hey, whatever happened with so-and-so's mouth? And I told him what I did. See, what I did is I was only a temporary, not even a full-time employee, but I took authority over that place. And you may not be able to walk around and anoint your facility with oil, but you could drive around their, their, their property and pray over it. You could pray in the Spirit. You could do a Jericho drive. You could go out at lunchtime, and in your next seven days, walk around not saying a word all around the building for seven days, just praying in the Spirit. And then the last day, just stand in front of it and say, Lord Jesus, I declare this building for you. And you watch and see what happens in the change of the spiritual environment. You know, I'm tired of Christians getting pushed around. I'm tired of Christians being backseaters. I I want Christians to be at the forefront of things. And the only way we do that is when we're in relationship with the Ancient of Days and we understand the authority. We understand the structure of authority. God is God the Father. Jesus is seated at his right hand. The Holy Spirit came to empower us. Now we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. So I want to ask you this morning, worship team, come on up. I want to ask you this morning, what what are you doing with your relationship with the Lord? Are you living, because the very first thing he says here. He says, he he challenges us and he says, all authority has been given in heaven and earth. Are you living under the authority on the right relationship with God the Father? Well, pastor, I'm a believer. That's not what I asked you. There's a difference between being a believer and being in right relationship with God the Father. There may be things in your life that you're not living right for. There may be things in your life that the Holy Spirit has spoken to you to do, and you're not doing it. Well, you know, I'm having a little bit of a delayed obedience. You know what Lynn's father taught their children, and what we taught our children, and now what our children are teaching their children? That delayed obedience is what, Lynn? Disobedience. If you're not living in obedience, if the Lord says do it and you don't do it, you're living in disobedience. And the Lord is challenging us right now, church. We're in a season. There's things that are happening globally. I'm not just talking about South Valley. I'm not talking about Silicon Valley. I'm not talking about U.S. I'm talking globally. The Lord is shaking the bushes. He's shaking the houses, and he's challenging his sons and daughters to live a life of absolute surrender to him so that the kingdom of God can be pushed forth into a new arena that the kingdom of God could go in areas that it's never gone because as long as we're living in a subtle disobedience, we're disobeying the Lord. So are you living under the authority of Christ? Have you decided to worship the Lord the way scripture declares it? Not on your personal preference. Oh, I like this style. I like that style. I like this or I like that. Are you worshiping Jesus? Jesus. You you see, Scripture says there's a time coming and has now come when those who worship the Lord will worship Him in spirit and truth. Jesus was talking to a person in a very interesting context spiritually. But yet, many of us in the church, we'll worship the Lord when we're together on Sunday, but what about Thursday afternoon? Are you worshiping the Lord the way He wants to be worshiped or the way you want to worship Him? You see, there's a big difference. It comes back to submission. It comes back to realizing the position of authority that God the Father has, Jesus the Son has, the Holy Spirit, and then you and I have. And I want to challenge us this morning. I'm tired of playing country club church. I'm tired of playing churches that aren't don't want to be serious with the things of the Spirit. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will be a spirit-filled church. And as for me and my house, I have a mandate from the Lord to ask you this. Are you walking in kingdom authority? Are you walking in the authority that the Lord Jesus died on the cross so that you could have? Are you walking in the authority that when you go into your workplace, you change the atmosphere? Those of you that may be married, are you walking in the authority that God has given you? Are you walking in a relationship that your sons and daughters are, that are outside of the kingdom of God, are you commanding authority over them? Are you possessing his kingdom? Father, right now we come to you in the name of this above every name. We come to you in the name of the ancient of days. Father, we come to you in the one who was before time began and will be there when time ends. We come to you, Lord, in the name that is granted salvation, deliverance, healing, and forgiveness. And Lord, I ask that if we your people have not surrendered completely to you. God, if we're not giving you all authority in our life, I pray that you would forgive us of our sin, cleanse us from our wicked way. Lord, purify us as a people. Lord, we can't expect our nation to be set free if we're not set free. And I pray, Father, that the Holy Spirit would just do a deep, abiding, cleansing work in us. I pray that, Father, as we stand or sit or kneel or if we're driving, Lord, that right now we would just acknowledge our dependency upon you. And I pray that, Lord, you would take us into a new sphere, a new level of authority as we surrender our lives to you. I pray that the Ancient of Days will come and and cleanse us and purify us. And Lord, I ask that, Father, as your sons and daughters, that we would be able to walk in the authority, the dominion that you've given your sons and daughters. I pray that it would affect our, our personal life. Lord, those that are married, I pray it affects their married life. Those that have family members, I pray that their family be affected as well. Lord, those of us that go to work, I pray that we would not just be a pawn on a table, but God, we would act as kings and queens, as princes and princesses of the Most High God. And I pray that we would walk in the authority that you've given us. And Lord, now we ask and pray that your Holy Spirit would just take us and move us into your arena of authority in all areas of our life. Lord, we just acknowledge our need for you. Lord, right now, we pray that the Spirit of God would come into us in a supernatural way. Cleanse us, lead us, guide us, and direct us, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask.
1: Amen. You know,
0: the Lord has sent you a word today. The Lord has sent you a word about His authority that He has given to you, whether it's through the exhortation prophetic word or through Pastor David's Word on the ancient of days. It all comes together with the truth that you walk in authority and power. But that means that you're a change agent. That you bring his kingdom wherever you go. That's what it means. It's not just for your uh, self. It's not for selfish reasons at at all. It's for making his kingdom's presence around you. The thing is is as we were responding in worship to this word the lord said tell the people that you are to be a a new vessel you are to be a vessel of the new wine he kept telling me that you need to change (laughs) And in a sense, it's not that what you were prior was bad at all, actually. But the Lord is saying you're outgrowing what you were. You're outgrowing it. See, the thing is about the new wine. Why couldn't the new wine go into the old wineskin? Because it would cause it to burst. It It would outgrow it, in a sense. And the Lord is saying... It's time for change. You functioning differently in your daily life in how you walk in power and authority. Some of you are using the old scripts of the past. Even And in, in, in what was very strong, what the Holy Spirit was saying to me, is religious scripts. The Lord is saying, you know, some of you that's been in the faith a long time, you have some really uh, dominant religious scripts of what something should look like how things should be done or whatever and the lord is saying, i am changing you because for you to walk in the new season of your authority and power for such a time as this for 220 he wants you to know for such a time as this i have placed you on the earth every last one of you have a purpose but you must walk in the new wine skin." It's time, people, for new wineskins in your life. I'm telling you, between February 220 and August 9th, 220, I have changed a great deal. The learning curve of the, in the spirit has been great, and the Lord has required of me new things. Filled to the brim. There are so many things, new things. Come on, people! It's time. It is a new season, and with that new season, requires a new wineskin for your personal life. And the Lord is saying, some of you are clinging to the religious spirit that you think you think it's empowerment, but it's religion masquerading as empowerment. Whoa, whoa. It's religion masquerading as empowerment, and so you don't see, you don't see results. Wow, you don't see change outside of you. You don't see the power of God manifest out of you, flow from you because you think it's authority, but it's religion. And the Lord is saying, "I'm breaking." Come on, let's make that. Hey, I. You all know most of you. I was born on a Sunday, and I've been in church ever since. And the point is this. It's easy to have that that deception in us. That was the problem with Pharisees. They had a deception. They couldn't see the new wineskin they needed. Come on, we're going to be a people of power. For such a time as this, in 2.20, the Lord is changing the way that we function the church is functioning different. We're not going back to anything. Come on. Some of us need to allow that, that. There is a bedrock in us. This is, come on, let the word, let the word get into you. Let the word, Pastor David preached, let the word get into you. Let the bedrock be broken through. The bedrock into a new dimension with you, new depths with you, new power, Lord, new authority, greater, greater. And so we have to receive the word, Lord, new wineskins over us, new wineskins, Lord. We're going to function different. We're going to think different. We're going to speak different. We're going to talk different. We're going to walk different. We're going to put our money different. We're going to put our priorities different. We're going to put our time different. We're going to use our gifts, Lord, for you. We're going to step out. Our faith is going to grow. We're going to walk the walk not just talk the talk. We're going to show people who you are. We're going to show people by our lives who you are. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into us to change us. You're changing crossroads, this house. You're changing us together. You're making us more powerful. You're enlarging our territory. You're increasing your spirit on people. You're multiplying authority. Lord, you're multiplying ministry. You're multiplying, Father, the prophetic. You're multiplying, Father, the extent of our giving. You're multiplying, Lord, this house is a global house. This house is a powerhouse. We are not a weak house. We're a powerhouse. And the light is going to shine brighter. This house is going to shine brighter. This, what the enemy tried to do to kill, steal, and destroy and erode the the churches. Lord, this house is going to shine brighter. This house is going to be stronger. This house is going to be more powerful. This house is going to defeat the works of the devil in this region, in California, in U.S., Lord, and to the uttermost parts of the world. Lord, we are going to be what the ancient of days says we are to be, Lord. Lord, we are a new commitment to you, Father. And Lord, I say for those of us, whether you're a leader, whether you've been a believer for decades, whether you're a brand new baby in the Lord, it doesn't matter. We're all in a new thing. The Lord is bringing us into new, and there's a learning curve, and there's greater dependency. There's greater trust. There's an increase of faith over us. Lord, I say we step into that, Father. Let the river of God flow into us and through us, in us and through us. May we feel the breath of God on our face right now. May you feel the breath of God on your face, wind of God blow on people right now in their home. May they feel the breeze of heaven, Lord. Blow on them, Father. It's a new season, Father, over us. And Lord, it's not a bad thing, it's a good thing. Lord, we encounter you, and Lord, you're enlarging us, Father. Lord, we thank you, Father, for your word. We step into it, Father. We step into your word. We're not hearers of your word only. We are doers of your word. In your precious name, in your precious name, God
1: bless you, and we love you.